The title of the message this morning is Judgment Begins in the Household of God. And that's why I said to you, be careful that you don't hide your head now because it's to teach you the truth so that we don't face judgment one day. The Bible says we're to judge ourselves so that we don't get judged. Now, this is what I want to say in the context of that judgment as a believer. The context is walking so that we can walk in the fullness of what God wants for us. When we don't judge ourselves, and that's not condemnation, that's allowing the Word of God to reflect the truth of the situation. So the enemy may be saying things that are completely a lie. We judge that word that he speaks in accordance with God's word. The Bible says we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. So go with me this morning to 1 Peter 4, verse 17 to 19. Let's look at 1 Peter 4, verse 17 to 19. In fact, yeah, let's stay there. For it, for it, no, actually I'm going to go to verse 12. Sorry, let me just back up. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be surprised. Look at your other neighbor and say, surprise, surprise. (laughs) Amen. The Bible says, don't be surprised. What's going on here? You're not to be surprised. As though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. Is this New Testament? Yes. Now please don't walk out here and look for sufferings. For if thou livest by faith, they shall find thee. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. Is that what the Bible says? If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Let me encourage you this morning, don't try and protect your reputation. You don't have one. The Bible says that I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of Him. Amen. So that doesn't mean you're supposed to walk around like a corpse because the same Jesus that's is the living word says in abundance to the full till it overflows. 
But don't let the trials that the enemy tries to bring on you bring you down because you have dominion to walk above those things. Amen. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer. He's writing to the church. Or a meddler. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Verse 17. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God. That bears repeat. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. That's us. And if it begins with us, and I will expound on the word judgment. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God. And if the righteous are scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Now, let me go back on this passage of Scripture. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will, not sickness. Let me just put it out there right away. The persecution he's talking about is for Christ's name's sake. Are you with me? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will for the ways of righteousness will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Never serve Christ, particularly in these days, out of convenience. What is convenience? Suiting the hour of the day. Whatever seems expedient to the flesh. See, we can pray, creating me a clean heart. Well, this is where he's going to start. Make a commitment to love him and try. it's so important in the hour in which we live. The Pope recently has made a declaration that homosexuals can get married now. It's in the public domain. Hello. Thinking themselves to be wise, they become as fools. The Bible says a little leaven 
leavens the whole lump. Keeping a little sin over here that we like will eventually contaminate our entire being. That's why the Bible says, give no place to the evil one. Just a little scandal and a little talking of somebody over here. I just want to share something with you. Did you hear what happened? Don't go there. It opens you to a whole lot of other stuff. So our faith is to be in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and no one else and the completed work of the cross. That's where our faith is. And that's what empowers believers to reject and overcome the things that come from the world, anything that comes from the world. It is that important. Be awake, believer, for the days in which you live are very evil. That doesn't mean you're supposed to get depressed. It means that you rejoice because you know Jesus as King of Kings. And the world is not subject to making you happy and joyful. The Lord does that. The Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, family. That's what's important. That's what I want you to see. So the term judgment that we're looking at means we are making a decision. The word judgment means decision. But if I had to elaborate on it, it is making a decision which becomes operative for or against evil. So when you and I endorse homosexuality as the church is beginning to do, we have chosen evil. Under the guise of Christianity. They are not born that way. Did you hear me? So we are to see that something that is considered wrong we as the church under the guise of love are not to endorse sin. Don't confuse God's love and judgment. God will love people right into hell, but judgment will come if they do not make a decision to judge themselves. The onus is on us. You don't hate the person. You love the person, but you hate the sin. You don't endorse the sin under the guise of love. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for it for that sin and no other. 
And it stands, if you do your research, it stands as a testament physically. Where it was destroyed, you can go and look at it. It's still there. You can still see the outworkings. There's videos on it on YouTube. You can watch men that have found it, that archaeologists that went out of their way to find these things that are in the Bible. That the sulfur still burns. Hello. Hello. So I want you to see that judgment is, judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Make a decision. I'm actually talking about healing you. Make a decision. Judge that sickness because it doesn't belong on your body. It doesn't belong in you. Amen. Take such a stand for Christ when, when we make that decision that we will stand for Christ. Understand when you stand for Christ, meaning if your body is not well and you make a decision and say, Jesus, you are my healer, understand what will happen. Temptation will come. Temptation to deny the healing power of Jesus will come. That's what happens. That's how the enemy works. But you have dominion. So whenever you take a stand, it'll be preceded normally by the denial of, not normally, always, by the denial of a fleshly lust. Did you know that doubt is a fleshly lust? Did you know that unbelief is a fleshly lust? Come on. It's very real. Don't always just think of lust in the perversion sense. And the reason we have to deny that is so that we can position ourselves within the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say some stuff today here that might challenge your understanding of the gospel. But I remind you, do your studies in the Word of God. Don't believe what I say unless it can be backed up by the Word of God. And I don't say it if it can't be backed up by the Word of God. Amen. So I really want you to get this because the Holy Ghost is the one that will control us and guide us or that we should yield to to control and guide us into all truth. Now that word control causes a whole lot of stuff to arise in the church. Because it, is, it has been perverted by the world system, especially humanistic society. They go into a frenzy when you talk about control, but humanism is under the control of the father of lies. But they are deceived and cannot see it. 
So I want you to please get this this morning. That control simply means the ability to restrain one's emotions and action. When you allow the Spirit of God to control your being, you are in a position where you will not allow emotions and physical lust to influence your decision making. It is that simple. So, imagine Paul says, I'm a slave for Christ. A slave has no rights. But you see, if you look at it from a natural perspective, then it looks like there are no rights. But the context of the spirit of truth will tell you that if you're a slave for Christ, you have an abundance of rights, dominion. But he was speaking to people with unrenewed minds. The more you renew your mind to the word of truth, the more you will see these truths coming forth. So the absence of the empowering of truth by the Holy Ghost will cause us to default to the nature of the old man. If ever there was a need for the Spirit of God to be in greater manifestation in our lives, it's in this day. Because He doesn't do anything apart from the Word of God. Whatever He, wherever He guides you, it will be by reinforcing the Word of God in your inner man. And obviously in the process, your mind will become renewed. Now go with me to Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The old King James says, infirmity. What does the Bible say? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought But the Spirit Himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Did you hear that? The Spirit of God does not intercede our will. He intercedes for God's will. Now, when the Bible says intercedes, that does not mean that you and I do nothing. 
it's important that we understand that He comes alongside us because we are limited in terms of our ability and He comes alongside us and He undergirds us, but we still doing the praying. Are you with me? He will direct, but He will not take your tongue and shake it around to get it to move. Otherwise, He'd be overcoming your, your, your being as a being created in the image and likeness of God. And that image, we know, is being a free moral agent. So now, I want to hone in on the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Remember, in the old King James, that word is infirmity. Now, so the Holy Spirit helps. It's not a rocket science. It means to cooperate with us. So there is sickness that you need Him to direct you and pray. Now, because of time, I'm going to try and unpack this as quickly as possible. Now, this is not in the Bible. Look at your neighbor saying, what he's about to say is not in the Bible. This is something that happened to me. And those that have been around me a long time will know what I'm talking about. So in the early days of my salvation, I used to get violently sick with flu. It hadn't even left Moscow and I got it. <laughs> violently. And when I came into the kingdom, <clears throat> obviously I started to hear about divine healing. That Jesus went to the cross, his body was broken so that I may have my healing. And I started on a journey of believing God. I would quote the word and I'm not going to give you the time period, but it was over an extended time period because my mind had to get renewed. I had to learn how to stand by faith. So I could have gone and got people to pray for me, nothing wrong with that, but I needed to learn how to be able to stand in faith against this sickness. Okay, got it? And so one day I was driving to work and I was feeling like, I should just die and go to heaven. And I began to pray in the Spirit. And I said, Lord, I don't understand this. I have spoken your word. And he taught me over an extended period of time a number of lessons in the area of health. I am not a medical doctor. I'm talking about the word. But this is what he spoke in my spirit. And I got such a shock that I wasn't sure that I had heard the Lord because it made no natural sense. Remember, I'm about a year and a half old in the Lord. 
and I hear him say, you are low on vitamin C. I went, what? I just got a cold. I got flu. I fast track. I listened. I heard, eat oranges. Don't you go away now. You can do this if God tells you. Go and talk to a doctor first. Don't talk to me. You go and hear what the Lord says because my faith was in God. <clears throat> Nobody was involved with this. Anyway, some time later, a few months later, I was listening to a particular preacher who's now gone on to glory, a great man of faith, prayed for many people um, in, the, in the area of healing and they got healed. And he was in Australia. Now watch how God, the Holy Ghost, is busy teaching me. I'm still going to church. I'm still reading the Word. I'm still declaring Scriptures over my life. But I listened to this preacher and he says the following. He's talking on divine healing. And he says, you know, I was in a conference in Australia and I woke up got ready, went off to the conference. But as I got to the conference, I started feeling terrible. And I preached the Word, but I honestly felt that I was going to pass out. Got home, got into bed, slept, ate, got up the next morning, went back, same thing happened. He then took it to the Lord. He said, what is going on? Took authority over the devil, etc., etc., etc. Watch this. God says, you've come from a cold climate you are sweating. Take salt. He took the salt and the symptoms were gone. You see, thinking ourselves to be wise, we become as fools because we've learned to depend on big pharma, even though they are slowly but surely killing us in most instances. We get healed of this and get that. Hello, have you ever read the, the side effects? The benefits are like that, the side effects are like that, but nobody reads them and they know that. Are you with me, family? He took salt. That's why he was feeling terrible because he had sweated. The Lord had to tell him, you were sweating excessively. Let's go back. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Got it? Let's go to the word weakness, infirmity in the old King James. This is what it literally means. It's a feebleness of mind and body is a feebleness of mind and body. It speaks of sickness. So there may be an incurable disease, not in Jesus' book. Who helps us there? 
Holy Ghost. Do you know that some disease may be as simple as forgive and a ghost? Do you know that Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven? Come on, family. Sometimes it's just pure neglect or lack of understanding on our part. But that's what it's about. So if in the body you're not feeling very good, why don't you start to pray in the Holy Ghost and ask Him, ask the Father to reveal through Him. Jesus said, pray the Father in the name of the Son. And let Him show us or show you what it is. Now, obviously, there is healing under the supernatural where you lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The prayer of faith will rise them up, raise them up. But what I want you to understand is there's a lot within you by the power of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of truth that can help you. So over the years, the Lord has taught me to steward my health. Come on. Not, not in perfection, still learning. And as I get older, as I said last week, as I get older, the need to steward my temple becomes that much more important. When you're 24, you can get away with a lot more. When you're 64, you don't get away with that much more. And as the years go on, because your body obviously has got to slow down, but it doesn't have to slow down in sickness. Are you with me? So I want you to see that there may be areas physically in your life that you need to harness the truth of the Holy Ghost and spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, not once, not twice, until you get the answer. Do you remember the woman that kept knocking? How many of you know women can be persistent? Kept knocking till the king said, for goodness sake, she's tiring me, give her what she wants. Do you have that kind of intestinal fortitude in faith by the Spirit of God to pursue the truth until you get it? The Bible says in Mark verse, I believe it's 22, we can look at it. Let me just look there so I don't misquote. Mark 4, 22. For there is, yes, for there is nothing hidden except to be made manifest, not, nor, sorry, nor is anything secret, but that it should come to light. If you want to exercise your faith, exercise your faith in that Scripture. And I'll give you some more Scripture. 
So that's the original Greek. That's what it means. It's speaking of a feebleness of mind and body. And you could spend a lot of time unpacking that even further. But it's important that we understand frailty indicating our inability to produce results. When we were going to have our babies, we learned that pain at birth is from the devil himself. You say, but it's in the Bible. Yes, but that was before the cross. Hello, that was after the fall of man. But then the cross came. And so my wife went from a couple of hours to our last child, third child, 20 minutes because we put our faith out. Do you understand? Now, you don't have to do that. You want a 12-hour labour, lady? Be my guest. Are you with me? Because you have to stand because everybody tells you you're ridiculous. That'll never work. It's just natural. That's the problem. I'm a born again believer. I'm in a natural body, but my spirit is no longer natural. It's spirit. And the Bible says that it gets strengthened. Though the outer man is passing away, the inner man, is becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, obviously, this is entirely a choice. Go with me to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians 1. I just want to reinforce this with some more Scripture. So frailty is a wanting of strength. Let me get to Colossians first. Is a, is a wanting of strength and it indicates our inability, repeating myself here, to produce results. Our inability, not his. Did you know that ignorance is an infirmity? My people stumble for lack of knowledge. My people stumble for lack of knowledge. My people stumble for lack of knowledge. It's an infirmity. We don't always know, but we can. Will we pursue God in our faith until He answers us? Do we have that kind of tenacity in our faith? Or at the first sign of resistance, do we just quit? Well, bring me the old headache tablet. Colossians 1.9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. I'll show you as well. I better hurry up. I'm running out of time. Is that what the Bible says? Asking that you, he's talking to the church, not the preachers. 
He's talking to the people that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will, which is His Word we know, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. See that? You can know. You can know. I'm talking about don't be concerned about your neighbour. Be concerned about you in this case. You know, we always have a solution for the neighbour, but we ourselves are not doing too hot. Amen. So let's understand Christ dealt with every sickness. Amen. Amen. Christ dealt with every sickness. I want you to go with me. Nothing's excluded. I want you to go with me to Mark 5, verse 24 to 34. Very powerful passage of Scripture. Health and healing is part of the new covenant life in Christ. Do not entertain thoughts of fatigue. Do not entertain. Now, obviously, rest your body as you're supposed to, okay? But do not entertain fatigue. Don't entertain defeat. What's the use? Don't entertain those thoughts. Cast them down, the Bible says. Watch this. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered, I want you to hear this, suffered much under many physicians. We're not knocking the medical profession, but she didn't have a good experience. And had spent all that she had. Sickness will break you. Two things God told me coming into COVID. He said it will attack the finance and it will attack the health. And make sure you stand against that till I come. Why? If you don't have money, you can't buy good medical if you can't believe. Hello? Do you know what it costs? There's a doctor in our midst. We could ask her, what does it cost if you have open heart surgery? What does it cost? Look. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind Him in a crowd and touched His garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. Who told her that? She watched. 
and believed. Now remember, under the law, she shouldn't have been there because she was unclean. So she put her very life on the line to go and do what she did. People don't read this properly in context. This woman was desperate enough to be made well by Jesus. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? What did she do? She put a demand, a demand on the healing anointing of Jesus. You as a believer can put demand on the healing anointing of Jesus. And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around and yet you say, who touched me? Please don't do this. God, if you can, just heal me. There's no faith in that. You might as well say, send me a creamy crust, Lord. Whatever that is. And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and yet you say, who touched me? When you touch Jesus by faith in heaven, he knows. He knows. And he looked around, the Holy Ghost is waiting for the connection of faith so he can manifest the power of Jesus, the healing power of Jesus. And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. I'm not telling you not to go to a doctor. I'm telling you if you have to go to a doctor, go to a doctor, but still use your faith. Because let me tell you, the doctor can only diagnose what you tell them. They don't see inside your body. So if you say my big toe hurts, they have to believe you. Meantime, you're a hypochondriac and there's no pain there. <laughs> but they have to believe you and put a bandage round and say, there you go, little hypochondriac, off you go. And you walk away. Oh, my foot's completely better. <laughs> That's for somebody. God bless you. <laughs> 